Hi, and welcome to the Transformations with Jane podcast. I'm Jane Nakata. Thank you for listening today. Today, I have a really wonderful episode for you. I'm going to be interviewing uh, Catherine O'Connell. She is a New Zealand woman who is also a lawyer here in Japan. She works in Tokyo. She's been working as an in-house lawyer for quite a few years, and she has just recently uh, gone out on her own and created her own law firm, and she does flexible lawyering for various um, firms in Tokyo. So she's really um, changing the face of lawyering in Japan and uh, showing them a different way that, um, you know, lawyers can work. And I'm I'm so excited to talk to her because, to me, um, law sort of seems like a very um, – not sort of stuffy, but it's just, you know, unfamiliar um, area. So I really, she really demystifies that. She has a lot of advice for you today about um, wills and protecting your family and what you can do as a person living overseas, especially a person living in Japan, um, to protect your family in the event that you um, pass away. So definitely listen for that as this episode is full of value and I hope that you will, you know, learn a little bit about that, but also maybe you'll be inspired to try something yourself. So, you know, Catherine has, um, you know, created her own law firm in a foreign country. That is so awesome. And we talk about some other things that she's also um, going to be doing in the near future. So lots of great stuff to listen to today. So yeah, please have a listen. Hi, Catherine. Welcome to the Transformations with Jane podcast. It's great to have you here today. Oh, hi, Jane. Thanks so much for the invitation. It's a real pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you today. Another fellow New Zealander on the podcast here with me. Yay! Yay. (laughs) Yeah, so Catherine, tell us a little bit about you. Um, What do you do? What sort of, yeah, where are you from and that sort of thing. Yeah, well, um, I've been living in Japan for coming up 16 years, but uh, born and raised in New Zealand in Christchurch, um, South Island, and grew up with um, only girl in the family, three brothers, which was really um, lovely. And uh, (laughs) when I uh, left school, I wasn't so sure what I wanted to do with my life. And I went off to the Christchurch Polytechnic and... um, they suggested um, maybe if I wanted to work in tourism, which I was kind of thinking about, that doing Japanese might be a good thing. And so really that was quite instrumental in changing my life, studying Japanese, uh, which I ended up doing, and, and then going to university and, and taking that path to do Japanese and law, which brought me to Japan. But, you know, that's what I'm doing. I qualified to be a lawyer, um, and that brought me here, and I've worked in several companies here, and we can talk about that. Um, and just recently this year, in the last six months, I've set up my own um, law firm here. Um, so it's been an interesting career and life, and um, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, so that's really fascinating to me that you, obviously you learned Japanese, you became a, a tour guide, and then you just switched into a completely different sort of um, area of, you know, studying law. 
and then you came yeah. to Japan and yeah. somehow you can work in Japan as a lawyer. Like that's fabulous. That's <laughs> well, I mean, I never knew that was what was going to happen. And I know some people and maybe there are only a few, or maybe there's a lot. It seems to me like a lot, but perhaps not people who plan out their path and their career and what they want to do. And they're going to do something by age 25 and something by age 30. But I never really had that. It's just things have flowed a bit like a river around different curves and over you know, over and under and around different ways, but they've sort of just come naturally and I've taken steps um, when they've come to me and, you know, changing from tourism to, to law was also, you know, sounds rather drastic, but um, I've mentioned to a few people is that during the time I was a tour guide and with Japanese people and taking them around New Zealand um, and, you know, they always had and always in contrast to how Japanese people are here, when they're out of Japan, they ask a lot of questions. Um, and <laughs> right. They don't really ask a lot of questions. But in, Japan, in New Zealand, they were asked a lot of questions about um, business in New Zealand and how things are done there and how people, um, you know, how the laws are, are made and how people buy businesses or what happens if they go to court, those sorts of things. And that's really where a lot of inspiration for me changing to law um, came from, from customers who asked me a lot about that um, area. And it helped me sort of jump from tourism to, to law. That's really interesting. I mean, I also had a lot to do with Japanese people in New Zealand before I came to Japan for the first time, but I, I never oh. got those kinds of law-related questions. So perhaps something was guiding you towards the law, don't you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, at that time I was um, I was with other people who were obviously tour guides as well and learning a lot from them. But one of the people that I was in contact with had done law at university in Japan, and um, you know he had he had left a legal career. He didn't even really start in law, so I didn't really get um, great inspiration from that so much as. Just, you know, as we got to know each other, he, he suggested that I could probably be quite a good lawyer because I'm, I'm personable and I can, talk, I can talk with people, I understand people's feelings. And, you know, he said probably with Japanese, you could do something quite special in that you could be somebody who communicates with people who are in, you know, New Zealand, um, people being Japanese people who need help with the law, but they don't understand it in their own language. And so, again, that kind of connection with somebody who I can now reflect back on was very instrumental in me um, making a decision and having confidence in me to sort of go and, and take a law path. Um, though he didn't himself, he was encouraging of others and particularly me to do that. Yeah, that's fabulous. I love that. So I have to admit, I was a law student as well I did for a year. <laughs> <laughs> I did Laws 101 um, and I, as a first year um, university student at Victoria University in Wellington, like Law Central go. New Zealand. And I thought I was going to go into this um, diplomatic career with the Ministry of Foreign Affairs um, yes. Laws 101 because, you know, that was sort of required as, you know, to have a law degree was kind of required if you wanted to join the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Foreign Affairs. And um, 
yeah, nah, <laughs> I didn't really um, love that class at all. In fact, it was yeah. like a I think and Laws 101, they bring in a whole lot of people and people feel like that, um, don't get such a vibe about law, but it's really from stage two when all the interesting stuff happens and you concentrate on different areas of law, your contract and torts and um, criminal law, for example, land law, all kinds of things from that second stage, and that's where it gets interesting. So I think what they do in the first year is sort of test you out and see if you're really keen. Um, yes, very much so. Sort of yeah. That, yeah, that edge. And I think you're right too with that diplomatic core stuff um, that you do, that many people I know who are in the embassy here in Tohukyo or who I've met um, through MFAT, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and Trade, I do know they have legal backgrounds or legal degrees, law degrees. So that is quite common. Yeah. And um, like, especially, <clears throat> I think it was uh, sort of an excellent way to weed out the, yeah, the, the people who, who necessarily aren't suited to the legal profession, um, which is probably me. Anyway, so. <laughs> you've gone I, into other things. So you yeah, were, we were something else. Yeah. And yeah. actually, I got a little peek into that world um, a few months ago. Um, I was a volunteer interpreter at the island summit when the Pacific Island leaders came to Japan for a summit. Right. And they, right. they had the meeting here in my city in Iwaki, and I was actually right. in charge of the New Zealand delegation, right? Um, and so Winston Peters came along, and I was looking after Winston, and who is the uh, Deputy Prime Minister of New Zealand, for those of you who don't know, <laughs> um, and for two days, and I just had this amazing insight into this world that I could have been part of had I pursued that goal of, you know, joining the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, and so I sort of came away from it, like, um, you know, thrilled that I'd had this experience, but also happy that I'd actually ended up on the path that I'm on, yeah. Sure. And you're, you're neglecting to say that at the time, Winston Peters was, in fact, Prime Minister, acting Prime Minister. He while... was acting Prime... Oh, nearly. No, I think Jacinda was... Was it? Was, was she uh, still was she in... Still I think she was, yeah. He was he was there as the Minister of Foreign Affairs. Oh, there. okay. Got yeah, it. but it turns out yeah. that he's also the Deputy Prime Minister and one of our most long-serving politicians in New Zealand and That's extremely well-known. And yeah, I spent two days with him and talk, I got the chance to talk to him and other people at the New Zealand embassy and they were all wonderful and it was such a lovely experience. Um, but I did come away feeling like, actually, I'm, I'm really happy with what I'm doing now and yeah. I don't regret that, but I didn't no, get through that. That's a good um, thing. And also while I was studying Japanese at Christchurch Polytechnic, which is now I think the Institute of Technology, and it may have another name as well. Um, <laughs> there, you know, it crossed my mind that a, a, a career in MFAT would have been a good idea to go and be a diplomat. And at that time, somebody told me, no, actually, it's not a good thing if you've been learning Japanese because um, the ministry really want to teach you a certain kind of Japanese rather than the Japanese you're learning in any other class. They have a special diplomatic training in, in the language. Um, and so, you know, really that's closed the door for you by coming to this, this class. And so I took that for what it was and decided not to do an MFAT um, course. And I guess, too, there was also that um, factor that you've mentioned about a lot of people having a legal degree, a law degree. Mm. And so I thought, well, I'm never going to do that. Right. So that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. here I am a lot of my life here in Tokyo. I do spend with people from the New Zealand embassy and I deal with a lot of diplomats and visiting 
um, ministers from New Zealand and Australia coming through. So I do have that connection with them. And in a way, like you, I'm happy that I didn't do that path. But I try and carry myself here, and I'm sure you do, as, a, as an ambassador for our country and, and a diplomat in, in different ways rather than formally being one. Um, still carry that banner. Um, oh, definitely, a... yes. I mean, I am Miss New Zealand. <laughs> in my what town. does that leave me at? What am I? <laughs> no, I'm, um, I mean, like, there, there's not many New Zealanders where I live, so I am the New Zealand, the face of New Zealand in this city. So, yeah, I definitely have to do my best. And, and I love, and I feel extremely lucky that that's the kind of role that I have ste stepped into here. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. We're lucky, aren't we? I think so. Even though there's a num more New Zealanders living in Tokyo, I still feel through my connections with um, being vice chair of the chamber, Australia, New Zealand chamber, and just the other connections that it's a really privileged life to have here and very special. And it does lead to so many other opportunities that I never would have had if I had I not come here. So um, I think you're right. We are, we are very special and pri privileged to be here. Yeah, definitely. Like the kinds of opportunities that come to me, um, not because I'm a New Zealander, but yeah, just because I'm in Japan is mm. amazing. Yeah, like, uh, like, you know, being a volunteer interpreter at the summit, you know, if you, and then, you know, being on a television show that and getting flown around Japan and, you know, all these things that wouldn't happen when, if I was at home in New Zealand. So um, they do balance out some of the other things like being away from your family and, um, you know, not being there when when things happen at home, that sort of Very thing. Very true. Mm. Very true. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So tell us, how did you go from being, you know, and you said I think, and I, you mentioned this in another podcast, you're as an in-house lawyer with a like mm -hmm. what seemed like a stable job, and to starting your own firm. Yeah. So um, I still. Um, very much love in-house work and in-house work is when you as a lawyer work not in a law firm but in a business or a company and you are the lawyer within that company advising the company on all kinds of things that are to do with law you know it might be about employment law or um, contracts or um, dealing with suppliers or having you know um, people claim against you for infringements of copyrights and things like that so you help the business from within the business and so I still really love that role and feel that it's very much still a part of me and so I have brought that into my new practice um, as uh, running my own firm here um, in that um, it's not a typical law firm in that I don't have a, I don't have other lawyers that I'm working with it is me by myself at this point um, and I'm focused on, you know, corporate and commercial work and compliance and regulatory and just narrowing the focus of my work to those areas. And part of that also is I, I really love working with the um, in-house legal departments uh, of companies that I used to work with, for example, and also um, new companies who need lawyers to come and help them, but maybe perhaps they don't have uh, the budget or the the right timing to hire someone full-time, but they still need some legal support And so someone like me is a little different from other lawyers and that I've been where they are I know their their pain and that they need help um, To run the legal department, but don't always have the um, Capacity to hire someone full-time so I can jump in and help 
those companies, um, you know, from anything from short term uh, to long term to project work or covering, for example, lawyers or legal staff who've gone on maternity leave or suddenly left the company to go to another glorious job. Mm. So I kind of, you know, that's the kind of work I'm doing, which is what I call flexible lawyering. And it's, it is unusual and different in Japan. Uh, most people will work in a full-time in-house role or in a law firm, but they probably are not doing this sort of hybrid version of flexible lawyering, um, supplying my services on a part-time or ad hoc basis to companies. So I'm still keeping my hand in with the in-house <laughs> law work, um, only in order to do this, I needed to register as a, a lawyer, a foreign lawyer in Japan and go through that process. And that inevitably means you need to set up your own firm. Um, and so that's where it's landed. So my structure is law firm, but my spirit and my approach to work is through a business lens. And I, I really love working with companies, um, those that do have legal departments, those that don't, and, and helping them, support them, um, knowing what it's like to be on the side that they're on. Yeah. So how did you get to the point where you just decided I'm not doing, I'm, I'm just going to go and do it work for myself? Well, I, I luckily I worked, I worked for a great company and they had a, a lovely uh, a retirement plan and that was, you know, you pay into it over, you're obviously paying towards your own retirement, but after five years, you're eligible for um, being um, entitled to receive the retirement. And so I thought as I approached uh, the magical age of 50 last year, just on that timing, as well as thinking about life plan and, and career plan and what I would do from 50 to whenever I wanted to retire. I felt working for a company, um, often they make the decision for you when you are supposed to retire. You know, in Japan it's 60, or maybe you can stretch to 65 if you come back as a consultant, but that's pretty hard if you're a foreigner here. And so, you know, not really wanting to move back to New Zealand quite yet, but also wanting to do something different. Um, it had occurred to me a little while back that maybe doing my own thing for myself would be a good progression um, as part of a career and life plan. And um, just to speak a bit more about that, you know, when I was working with my last company um, during the time I was there, there was just me and another staff member and the staff member um, left to go to another, another role. And in the meantime, while I was trying to find somebody to come and help me, I, I was sort of stuck for eight months or so without anybody and ended up doing the work myself, all the work in the company. And that meant there was a, a huge pressure. It meant a lot of working hours. And I, at that time, I thought, wouldn't it be great if I could actually get somebody to come in and help me just part time or someone I could speak to on Skype and get some work done um, by handing it over to them and I could get onto something of more value to do rather than some of the basic stuff. And so that's where a kind of seed was planted for me to think about um, the ability to do flexible lawyering and wouldn't it be great if I could be that person to help other people who are in my situation. And that's where it came from, Jane. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you, you obviously uncovered a real need there through your own experience. And yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. I think sometimes you have to go through the pain ourselves to understand yeah. what actually is necessary in the market. And the more that I asked people about this, they said, yes, we can't get anybody. We can get full-time people, 
Um, we can get secondes from large law firms and that costs a lot of money. And that might be great if you're a big company, but for smaller businesses or maturing businesses or even you know, some of the ones that are maybe employing five or 600 people, they don't always have that capacity to do that. And when, you, when I asked as part of my market research during, um, during end of 2016 and during 2017, that came up a lot, is that, yeah, we would love to be able to have someone who can help us for a period of time. But who's going to do that? And who's going to be around to do that? Because everyone wants to work full-time. And um, so, you know, I'm working full-time in, in one sense, but not full-time getting out of the house every day and going to one particular office. I go to various places and work for them. Mm. And do you actually physically go there, or is it a lot of it? Yeah, so for one company I work with is a huge Japanese company, um, and they uh, I've been in, for example, this week three times in their office this week. But for example, next week there's only one touch point with them in the office, and outside of that we work on Skype and email and phone calls, um, and that works perfectly. And that's the way that it's been arranged so that I can have FaceTime with them and other times work. Uh, remotely um, and that's exactly the model that I want it's actually the perfect model that I was after um, and it's fantastic and sort of lends credibility to what I'm doing that a, a huge company as this one is is sort of um, come on board with the idea um, and so we're having yeah. a lot of fun yeah right and what what would you say is some of the things that or the maybe the tools or what support that helped you to do that to just to you know just go out on your own what do you think i don't know was uh, that like a network or yeah that? interesting i would say yes definitely a network and i think um not just networking for the sake of it but building relationships over the years has really helped um it's also people who have for example worked with me or know about me having worked with me. And they're the ones who can refer because they, they know me. Um, so I, I can, I have people, so they're so-called advocates, or I suppose you could call them evangelists. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, and the people, they're not so much the person you're going to work with. It's someone who knows you enough to be able to say, you know, she'd be good. She knows about this stuff. She can also help you with that. And she's been, she's been there. She knows your pain. So, someone who can help and you know that sort of thing helps having that network this current large um, role i have is a legacy relationship and it's thoroughly come from someone who used to work with me who was very interested in the fact that i was now doing something different and could work flexibly and they needed that in the particular business so it was a timing thing as well um, and then there's, I guess, the confidence in, the, in myself and backing myself. Um, yes. That's another tool I could probably call it, is having the faith to do that. Um, and that, that comes gradually. I guess it comes with age, but also and maturity and just a, a knowing that there's a, there's a, I can do this work. Um, and I know that having looked at the market, there's, a, there's a, an interest in it. So let's match those together. Um, so I'd say those kinds of tools, having the network, um, legacy relationships, and, and also that faith in yourself. Yeah. So, yeah, I know there's a lot of people probably listening to the podcast who, um, you know, maybe have this thing that they want to give, give it a go, but, 
you know, they've got this more secure job, which is keeping them clothed and fed. So it's easier to stay there. But yeah, it's yeah. true. And it's, it's easy to say to stay because you do get clothed and fed and you do get some, a salary going in your bank account each month. But at the same time, that actually is restricting your freedom because you're, you're, you know, beholden to one particular company um, and it does restrict you in many ways. Um, though you get a salary, you're still kept, kind of kept. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, um, yeah, jumping and doing your own thing is a rather scary thing to do. But at the same time, you know, that flexibility, the ability to control yourself um, and time that you want to take off, you know, recently did 10 days in the US on holiday and I could choose that myself without having to ask anybody. Of course, there's, you know, difficulties with that and you may have times where you don't know where your next, next job is coming from, where your next client's going to come from. And then you have magic like the last two days where two people I know in that network have referred me work where I was thinking, oh gosh, what's coming up? And then you get this, you get these wonderful people who have, who know you and have faith in you and refer things. So something always comes up and yes, it's scary, but also at the same time, if you, if you're positive and have faith and, and back yourself, things do come your way. If you're not a bad person, if you're a good person, things will come. Yeah. And if you do good work, there's, then it's yeah it's yep, it's just it going to happen it's just a matter of time sometimes yeah. yeah and maybe that sounds simplistic but basically that is it having gone through this process the last five months that's where it's come from and it's people that I've really connected with and not for the sake of um, you know sounding desperate or even though I might I might have a situation where it's been a week where nothing's happened and I might be feeling that not letting that come across right? But also just having that confidence to go out and, and um, speak with people that you know, and let them know that you, you do what, what you do, and that you do it well. And when they've, you know, experienced working with you, like you've just said, to actually have them be people who can endorse you and spread the word about you. It's really uh, it comes down to personal relationships. And I think there's, there's nothing more important um, in this kind of work and, and being an entrepreneur than the, building the personal relationships. Mm, definitely. Yeah, I see that a lot. And I'm, I'm very grateful that I've actually spent the last 16 years living in the same city, whereas um, mm. before I'd never actually lived anywhere longer than four years, I think, in New Zealand. Oh. I was always moving oh. around somewhere um, because my family was in tourism. And um, that means if you work in hotels like my parents did, then you would be sent to various places. So... Um, I lived Mount Ruapehu in the North Island yes. at the Chateau. I lived at uh, Milford Sound in the South Island, like, you know, the best places in New Zealand. But um, having lived 16 years in this particular town in Japan has just brought me so many benefits to staying in the one place. Yeah. And people know me and they're just like, oh, we need someone for this. Oh, we'll ask Jane, you know, <laughs> um, you know, all these, these random things happen because I've stuck, I've stayed in this one place. And so that's sort of thankfully, think, I'm thankful to my husband for keeping me in the one place because yeah. otherwise I'd be all over the show, you know. <laughs> yeah. I think also my this time in Japan is a sort of an extension of my time in New Zealand and that, for example, when I was about to board the plane and um, to America, 10 days ago, one of my former um, clients that I used to work with in New Zealand, 
who was uh, an expat from Japan running one of the large trading companies, uh, branch office in Auckland, he rang me and said, I've seen you and heard you and I know what you're doing. Let's get together when you come back. I think we might be able to do something. And it's like, wow, wow that's somebody from 2002 when we finished working together there. And I have seen once while I was in um, Japan, but that kind of thing is also, isn't that interesting how it comes around again from a, a completely unusual or maybe it's actually quite natural I don't know but I'd never really thought about that as a source of um, you know building up another another client here but it's a, again legacy relationship yeah yeah uh, definitely even though it's yeah years ago but that's, yeah it counts yes definitely and I think with you too talking about tourism a lot of people would probably think that was very glamorous that you moved all around New Zealand but it's quite disruptive when you're a child and growing up um, to have that. But in, at the same time, I think doing that for you has built up a lot of courage and stamina uh, for you while you're here. Um, and you've been able to use that, I think, in order to um, make things work for you now, but also to appreciate, as you've just said, your 16 years sitting in one place, but doing a whole lot of things and building up your um, network there where you are in Iwaki. Yeah, and I think it's, well, the tourism thing is that it's the hospitality blood and that runs yes. in me and I'm using that naturally here um, yes. retreats and bringing people from overseas and and even just the whole um, you know coaching aspect it's you know it's a taking care of people it's that hospitality thing so um, what do you need yeah what <laughs> that sort of thing so yeah it definitely helps and and having an appreciation for what is um, relaxing and comforting and beautiful that really helps me I think in my um, when I build these retreats now and things yeah. <clears throat> yeah fantastic yeah so who would have thought that would be how I would <laughs> um, use that um, just that experience of growing up and and working in hospitality in New Zealand mm. for all those years mm. that's true and that's probably a connection that you and I both have with that hospitality tourism industry and I think too, coming from New Zealand, it's it's so much a part of New Zealand. But to actually have worked in that industry, and you've got it more within your family, um, it does make you see things from a different perspective when you're here, and how people, and especially stressed Japan, how they need to get away for these retreats. Mm, um, yes. So again, you're providing a niche, you know, within the the, the market that needs that here. It's great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're talking about, um, you've, you've mentioned the word faith a couple of times already, and that's my word of the year is oh, faith. Right. Yeah. How can I have faith? Because basically, um, you know, we can do anything, but we, we can't because we're limited by how much faith we have in ourselves. Yeah. So yeah. Um, what does having faith look like to you? right now mm, i think i've sort of almost mentioned it but it's really a belief in myself um that i'm doing a good thing um that good is going to follow me um and as i said before you know i've no idea where perhaps my next client might be coming from but the very next day something will happen and someone will contact me or i will think of someone i need to get in touch with and something is something spurts out from that so it's really that's what faith means to me right now is that even five months in 
is, is this the right thing to do? Is this okay? But yes, it is. Of course it is. It's going to be fine. And, and that's, um, you know, for me, uh, what faith means right now. Yeah, that's great. That you know, everything is always working out for me. That's my little mantra that I have, and um, you know, the sort of opportunities will pop up, and they're so exciting when they do. And you that's don't true. you don't get that so much when you're um, in regular employment, you know. Um, well, I think you don't seek them out either, they, no. and you don't really look for them, and they may be there, but you don't actually see them um, for what they are. And there are, of course, times where I've got. A little chap on my shoulder saying just go get a job proper job and you'll be fine mm -hmm. worry about anything but then I you know flick that person off my shoulder um, and go back to where I am and and also you know faith is the the friends and the family who support me and they're the ones who also say well it's the right thing it's the right thing for you it makes sense for you to be doing your own business and um, you're quite well equipped to do that with your character and personality and all of that hard stuff that you grew up with in New Zealand. So, you know, it's, that's where it is. And it's having others tell you that it's, you're doing a good thing and it's going to be fine. And it's also that, you know, as I keep saying, this belief in yourself. Um, and I think that's really instrumental. Yeah. And we can, um, we can work on that, can't we? We can um, grow yeah. our confidence in that area. That's the more you try, the easier it gets, I feel. I feel, yeah. <laughs> Your word for the year is faith because mine is actually transformation. No, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. And you are going through a transformation from, you know, well, like being corporate, corporate lawyer, full time job person to, yeah, doing what I'm doing now, exactly. Yeah, because that was going to be my next question. It was <laughs> about uh, a transformation you've undergone. But, you know, yeah. that's a very obvious one. Are there any less obvious ones on a transformation? Um, I'm not sure. I think probably those mental changes that come with the transformations I've done, you know, from tour guide to lawyer, private practice lawyer to um, running in New Zealand, running to, um, you know, being an in-house lawyer here and then, you know, working for myself. And I think working for myself is probably the biggest transformation. And you find out so much about yourself um, and that things that you didn't know that you could do, that you can do, or other things that you just have to really rely on yourself so much. Um, and so mental changes around that, there's no one else I can rely on. If, if the garbage isn't taken out, I don't, you know, by me, it's not done. Um, if something is not done, then actually it's not the end of the world as well. You know, I can take it out tomorrow. Who cares? So there's things you find too, I, the transformations about what really matters and what doesn't matter. Um, and so small things tend to matter less. Um, and stress sort of that I stressed about working in a, full-time role it sort of dissipates and a different kind of stress comes but um it's it's sort of more manageable because it's me in in the middle controlling it rather than somebody else de demanding it of me so i think that kind of mental transformation is coming across as well as those with those physical changes especially this last 18 months um moving out of corporate yeah so can i ask you a legal question Hopefully, I'm not sure. <laughs> so, um, lots of the listeners, um, you know, are women living in Japan, and I know mm. that, you know, they've got one foot, they've got 
feet in both in two countries. They've got, you know, their life mm. in Japan and then they've got their um, maybe assets or life back at home. And they're sort of yeah. wondering, you know, am I doing the right thing? What am, you know, um, am I, am I up to date with my legal things, you know, um, legal documents, like one thing, and I've talked to you about this was about wills. Yeah. Mm. And, um, a lot of people just don't know, like what, am, what mm. am I supposed to do? And when you ask a lawyer in Japan, they have no idea. And when you ask a lawyer in New Zealand, they have no idea either. And they're, they're just like, Oh, you know, <laughs> like, well, who do I ask? And I was like, well, yeah. let's ask Catherine. Maybe she can help us. Oh, that's fine. I mean, wills and estate work are not my, um, core, area of work and I, I don't hold myself out to doing that in Japan. I did do that work when I was back in New Zealand, but it's not part of my work that I do now. So I can't help people with that. I certainly can help them get in touch with people who can do that. And I have uh, one particular person, so um, Japanese Scrivener, they're, here, they're called here and they're um, not exactly lawyers, but they are just about the same as lawyers. They qualify here very stringently like lawyers do. And um, there's one in particular that I work very closely with and she's she's really great. Um, she knows a lot about foreigners um, in their assets here. She knows about people who are in um, LGBT relationships and able to help them as well. Um, and people who have uh, family here and have assets here and outside of Japan. And so it is really, really important to have that sorted out. Um, if something happens to you while you're here, you need to be able to have things sort of ducks lined up, as I call it. Um, and so a lot of people perhaps have got wills already in their home country. Um, and those wills can be translated into Japanese and go through a process with a um, notary public here and be registered. And once they're registered, um, that's really set in concrete what will happen after they after their demise. So, I mean, that's a simplified way of viewing it. Some people don't have wills, right? Well, so if they don't, they create one. They can create a will um, here in their na native language and again, have it translated and go through the process. The point is um, that people just have to do it. It takes time and energy to do it. But if you really care about your family, the people who are going to be left behind, um, family who are left in New Zealand, do they know how to bring you back? Have, have you prepaid for, you know, transporting your body back to New Zealand, for example, or another country? All those kinds of things that are, are not very nice conversations to have. But we're all, we all know that we're all going to go away from this world at one point in our, our life, right? And it's a certainty. So how you deal with that um, is really, really important when you're living away from your home country in another country. And if you want to at least have certainty for the ones who are left and know that they're okay and can continue, then you can have all of those things recorded in a, a will and a statement and they can be um, as I say, registered and as to the extent possible, you can't control it once you've gone, but you can put as much in place so that it's structured um, to make things a little bit more pleasant afterwards because it's never ever a very nice thing for people who are left um, to go through. But if things are a bit more sorted out structurally, um, you know, it can be done. So um, I certainly do recommend everybody does that. It does take time and does take, you know, amount of interviews and, and meetings with, for example, the Scrivener, getting all the details, getting the translation done, getting it registered at the notary public, who will ask a whole lot of questions about 
the will that you've just written to confirm that the contents are the same as the translation. And once that's done, you can put it aside and go, phew, and it's done and get on with your lives. Yeah, I think like, and just to even know that there is a person who can help you out there because like, you know, a few years ago, I didn't even know that this, there were people who did this, you know, like surely this is Japan and, you know, nobody does this in English. And, and so, yeah, there are people who can help you. So it's just a matter yeah. of finding yeah. The person I, I know, um, she said that it's open to most other, most scriveners can do this work. A lot don't do it because they're, they're not bothered with it. But she's very um, passionate about it and very keen to help others in this way. And there's been a couple of people that I've been in the same meeting with her to help them through that particular first stage. So that's also possible if someone wants to work you know, in collaboration that way. But generally speaking, after I've done an introduction, um, the lady I work with speaks English and she's um, really competent in her area and she's a specialist. So she, she's able to um, help with all of that. And, and the people who've gone through that process have, have been really pleased that they did that. So happy to introduce anyone who's interested to this person. Um, obviously, there could be a lot of floodgates. <laughs> at, one, at, one time, at one time, we, um, her and I did talk about doing a, a workshop or a seminar on, on wills. And though it's not, as I say, it's not my area and I'm not able to practice in that, I, I can, at least from my background um, and previous experience, help people through that. Even initial uh, conversations I can do, but I, I, I couldn't hold myself out as, as um, advising in estate and wills law. Mm. But it is good to know, yep, there are people in Japan who yep, do exactly. this, yeah, and, and yes. we can point you in the right direction. That's like yep. a huge leap forward, isn't it? So that's yes. great, yeah. And it's awesome to have those important things under control for when yeah, anything does happen, definitely. Absolutely. Because, and I know a lot of people who are listening are in, you know, <clears throat> a relationship or married with, you know, a Japanese person, and yes. you will know, like, you know, getting married is a rigmarole and you've got to do it in two countries. Yeah, everything is, nothing's easy when you're in these international relationships, but let's just get it done so that, yeah, yes. this can be easier later if necessary, yeah? <clears throat> yeah. That's right. It's peace of mind. I mean, you can't really put a value on that. Um, but, you know, it, it, as I say, it does take effort and there's a time factor involved to do all these appointments and get things done and a cost value, of course. Um, but it's not as expensive as you think, actually. So compared to what um, it, it leaves you with, you know, peace of mind and comfort knowing that your family is sort of settled, settled and um, you can let your family know what the arrangements are. You can have give them copies of all the documents so they've got copies everywhere um, and it's all just filed and put away with a, a lawyer in New Zealand or whichever country you're in. Um, it's all done and dusted and, and you're away laughing. Yeah, laughing. Yep, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it may not be the best expression, but like it. at least with a smile on your face that it's done. You can go. It is, yeah. It was a huge relief, isn't it? Because it's such a weight on your shoulders. Like, what, it is. what would happen? Okay. You know, yes. it is a huge weight. We don't even realize we're carrying it until we get rid of it. And then we're like, oh, thank God for that. Yes. So do yourself a favor and get that weight off your shoulders. Get it yeah. Yep. You heard it here, so do yep. it. <laughs> Yeah, so um, Catherine, tell me, what does the future look like for you? What have you got on the horizon? Well, I don't have a crystal ball. I wish I kind of did sometimes, but 
Um, at the moment, given I'm only five months into my new work, I'm, I'm just taking it as I go. I'm planning out through next year um, with certain things that I want to do. And one of the exciting things I'm thinking of doing is, is a podcast like mm -hmm. yourself. Yeah. And yay. And that involves, um, you know, speaking with lawyers who are working um, in Japan um, or any visitors here, lawyers perhaps uh, who are working in-house or working in law firms, and those who are dealing in an area that I really like, which is tech and AI, and speaking about that as a kind of podcast. And as well as that, um, users of legal services, so people who have used lawyers in Japan or outside and, and getting some information from them that will help um, other lawyers. So I hope to do that as a a series next year and I'm starting some planning on that. Um, also, of course, I want to build my business and perhaps um, find some collaborators to try and scale up the services I, I'm providing now. Um, this uh, flexible lawyering, I'd love to be able to have a team of people that are aligned with my vision who also want to work um, flexibly and have some gain back some of their life the so-called work-life balance and be able to, you know, come along with me and be part of this, part of this vision to um, try and disrupt Japan legal market. <laughs> yeah, starting and, a movement um, over here. <laughs> and using technology, you know, and how to make their, their businesses better with automation. And, you know, I'm hoping to try and get some contracts um, up and out there for people who, who want to download them and use them in their business, but not have to go through the whole big process of, dealing with lawyers. So I'm thinking about automation and efficiencies and using tech um, as well as um, trying this podcasting thing next year. So a few things that I'm interested on and in and working on for um, the forthcoming near future. I can't think f further out from that, but about a year out, I've, I'm planning that at least. Yeah, well, a year is a long time in business, like amazing things can happen. Yeah, that's yeah. so true. It's so true. Yeah, I mean, look at you it's now, five months ago, you know. <laughs> Yeah, let's touch base next year when I'm uh, at this time again. <laughs> exactly, and I'm going to keep you accountable to get this podcast out. Uh, okay. I'll Thank be you. watching. Um, to Thank see you. When it comes out, I'll be one of your first listeners. Um, right. Yeah, and, you know, there's obviously not that many podcasts about legal things in Japan, I'm sure, in English, yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely going to be interest. Even Japanese people will want to listen in English. I don't know of any podcasting in Japan with lawyers at all. I know of them outside of Japan and in America. I've heard of a few, uh, but I don't know of anything in Japan. So, you know, why not do another thing first off again? Like I've been doing a few firsts here. So um, why not add another thing? But it seems like a natural thing. Lawyers love talking. I like talking. Um, why not talk with lawyers about things they like to talk about? And if it's useful to others who are um, lawyers trying to start out, you know, they can be listening from any part of the world, um, hopefully. And, you know, encourage them to do things um, in new and innovation kind of ways, then that's great. And if it encourages others, you know, how to use legal services in a different way, uh, that's great and that you know basically it comes down to me liking to talk so, <laughs> um, so I hope that can work and, and be something that is quite popular at least uh, within three or four people to start with 
and and build it from there. But um, actually, you and and Sarah Ball, uh, both recent podcasters, have really inspired me to do this. And I think if if you can do it, why can't I do it? And why not do it about the area of that I work in? Um, so I'm going to give it a try. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'm I'm thrilled to hear that you know Sarah and I getting out there and doing this has helped you to do it too. So anybody else who's out there thinking, oh, I'd like to do a podcast. Just do it and, you know, let me know, you know, so that we can help you because we love to support other women who are starting out as podcasters in Japan. And, yeah, we really want to create a little community around this as well. I think it's important and it, it's so much fun. Yeah, let's just say, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> now you've been interviewed twice. inspirational and I really think um, it's going to be fun and I look forward to getting some more ideas and I'm coaching from you how to do it in a really oh, good way. Like thank you. you. Thanks so much. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's um, yeah wrap it up there. So when um, when people need, want to get in contact with you, where can they go? So um, I have a website, uh, Um I think if you search my name, it will come up on Google as number one right now. Yay. Um, I also have a Facebook page, a private page, and also law firm page. So if you search my name on Facebook, you'll find that. I can provide these details to you um, after this too. I also am on Instagram um, and on Twitter. I tend to be a little bit more random on those because I post when I see something or hear about something and um, post on those a little bit less regularly. And of course, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, so LinkedIn, Facebook and my blog on my website are really the, the main ways in which I communicate with people. And my blog, I tend to do a blog each, each month. Um, at the moment, there's a lot of um, topics out there about contracts. I'm building up a series on contracts. So there's some basic information there. I hope to build some content as well on these kinds of questions you've just asked, Jane, about wills and things, where people can get some basic information at least to start off with and then go from there to the people that can help them. That may not necessarily be me. Um, so, you know, those uh, ways of getting in touch with me. And also, I do have a phone number um, as well. <laughs> what? Um, but that's also on public, uh, I think it's on Facebook and other places. It's nothing private. So it's, it's out there as well. But I'm happy to share that within the content that you put out after this. Excellent. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely get in contact with Catherine. As you can see, she's lovely. You know, she's a lawyer, but she's not scary. She's very approachable, very helpful. She can, you know, put you in the right direction, whatever, you know. It's lovely to know there's a lawyer out there who we can just say, can you just point me where do I need to go with this yeah. issue yeah because it seems like um, quite a, a sort of a, a heavy topic you know whether it's wills or legal contracts or something um, a lot of people avoid it because it seems too hard or whatever so it's lovely to know there's someone we can just sort of say hey 
where do I go? <laughs> yeah, yeah. about lawyers. People maybe don't understand what lawyers do and, and that they specialise, that they don't do every kind of law. And I think that can often be misunderstood. And that's only because lawyers often like to keep it that way, to be a bit fuzzy. Um, but for me specifically, I'm doing really business law, commercial, corporate, and as I say, compliance, which is really hot right now. Mm. But um, I, if I don't know, I normally know through my network someone who can help. And I've got a several um, Japanese lawyers I work with who are, you know, in IP, like contracts or trademarks and things like that when you're registering uh, stuff for your business or people who have uh, employment law issues on employment law contracts, you know, done, those kinds of things. And as I said about family law and wills, I've got a great family lawyer I work with. Um, she does custodies and all kinds of things. Stuff that I don't do that I did when I was a general practitioner back in New Zealand, but my knowledge and ex expertise on that is just totally not there. But I, I know enough and have the, enough of a network to, as you say, refer people on. Um, so yeah, to that's often what we need, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for coming on today. It's been wonderful to talk to you. I was so excited to hear about all your new things coming up. And yeah, everybody, let's support Catherine as she start, you know, going off on these new uh, adventures as well. Yeah. Thanks for coming today. Thank you very much, Jane. It's been really wonderful talking with you. And I look forward to hearing the podcast eventually and also um, <laughs> You know, anyone who needs some help um, in the way that I possibly can, I'm, I'm there to, to um, be as much of a help as I can. Thanks so much. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Bye. So that was an interview with Catherine O'Connell a wonderful New Zealand woman who lives here in Tokyo and is um, changing the, the the lawyer scene by starting her own firm and doing that, what she calls a flexible lawyering. So I really enjoyed talking to Catherine today. Not only is she so very approachable and friendly, but also so generous with her time and her knowledge. And I hope that you will, um, you know, take on board some of her advice today, especially around, you know, the will thing. And I know a lot of us women who, or, you know, a lot of the listeners are women living here in Japan. Um, you know, let's get our affairs in order so that, you know, one day if, you know, should the worst happen, that your family is protected and your family is taken care of by having these things just sorted and ready to go. Um, you know, those of you who've lost, you know, loved ones will know what it's like when that happens and you are not in the frame of mind to be dealing with this sort of stuff then. And so let's put in that effort now and get it done, all right? So I'm going to be a guinea pig and I'm going to get this done as soon as I can. And, yeah, I'm going to head down to Tokyo and meet up with the scrivener and the notary publics and do all that boring stuff and get it sorted. Um, and, yeah, I will let you know how I get on. So thank you so much for listening again. Um, you can find all of the links for how to get in contact with Catherine in the show notes for today. And we'd love to hear what you think about this episode. Please, um, you know, give us a shout out on Instagram. I'm at Jane Nakata and Catherine is also on there. She's, I think she's new Z NZ savvy girl. Yeah. And you can find her there say hi, say you love the episode. Um, you know, let us know if 
she you're interested in listening to the lawyers podcast that Catherine's going to start. That's awesome, isn't it? Like there's a podcast for everyone out there, isn't there? And I'm so thrilled to have all of these wonderful women um, in Japan getting into the podcasting thing. So if if that's you, if you're like, oh, I'd love to start a podcast, please just let me know, you know, reach out and tell me about it because, you know, we can help, you know, we can get you going. Um, you know, Sarah Bull is doing her translation Maven ones now too. And, you know, I may have given her a little, a wee push there <laughs> as well. And, you know, so we can help you. So yeah, definitely uh, reach out, let me know and just say hi and that you're thinking of starting your own podcast. Would, would love to hear from you. Okay, I hope you're having a really great day and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.